Hey, and welcome to the Resound Church podcast. Whether it's your first or your 40th time tuning in, we're so glad you're here and we pray you get something powerful from this sermon. You know, we've been talking about a new beginning. This is our fifth week of this series that we're doing. Come on, this morning as we come, come on, God, do something new and fresh in our lives. Amen. Amen. Come on, you may be seated this morning. Thanks, team. I love when the team follow and go, and uh, I I love that our team consistently serve us week in and week out. So, hey, if you see them around after service, why don't you give them some encouragement? They're not just here early on a Sunday morning getting ready, but they also come midweek, a whole heap of us are practicing outside of, in our own times as well, and so get around them and encourage them. Well, as I said, we are wrapping up the final part of our new beginning series this morning. Um, You know, we've heard all sorts of stuff over the last four weeks Uh, You know, we've spoken about the opportunity for a fresh start, everything we need for a fresh start, the price of a fresh start, the power to start again. And then today, you know, we want to talk about you don't just start, you have to keep going. You don't just start, you have to keep going. And so, you know, it's really interesting as we look at, you know, fresh starts, Sometimes it can be really simple to kind of start something new, but it takes a little bit more diligence. Sometimes we've got to push through some hard stuff to keep going, don't we? You know, we can get through the honeymoon period of a fresh start of, hey, I'm going to join the gym and I'm going to go five times a week. And then we get four or five weeks in and we're like, yeah, it's been like three weeks since I did five times and I'm lucky if I go once, you know, whatever it might be. We, can, we start off well, but keeping going requires us to have some guts and determination sometimes. You know, inevitably, life can happen. And when life happens, sometimes challenges arise and disappointments and expectations can decrease and the enthusiasm of the beginning can diminish. And the discipline for persistence actually seems a bit too hard. So we make compromises or we readjust, don't we? You know, if I look at the example again of starting at the gym, it's like we make this commitment to five times a week and then as we readjust, we're like, listen, if I could go twice... That would be amazing. We readjust. You know, some of us do that even with our walk with him sometimes. And we can readjust off the focus that God has given us. If we are not just to start but to keep going, there's a few things we have to keep in mind. I like to say that life is not a sprint, it is a marathon. A whole heap of us start like it's a sprint. We like jump out of the gates and we get going and we give it our all and we get a little bit down the track and we're like, whew, this is hard work. Because life is a marathon, not just a sprint. 
You know, we, we are set up for that in this world, in this day that we live in. We go, hmm, I want food. I don't want to leave my house. So we get our phones out. We jump on an app. We go, Mr. Uber Eats, I want this and this. And it comes to our house. You know, usually somewhere between 15 minutes and half an hour later, what we desired is there. We don't have to wait for it. What about streaming services? We want to watch something. And so no longer do we wait for what's on TV because, you know, they only play stuff at certain times. So we don't like waiting. So we switch on Netflix or Disney Plus or Amazon or whatever it might be. And we go, oh, I'm going to watch that show and I'm going to watch it now. And come on, the benefit of those streaming services are that there's no ads. Thank you, Jesus. So we get to watch what we want to watch. And then we find ourselves probably watching far more than we would have had we just watched one show on TV. But it's there. It's instant. You know, we want to read a book. Well, no longer do we have to wait till the library's open or that we have to even go to a bookshop. No, we grab our device out and we go and download it and we can start reading it straight away. Our life has set us up in this way that we've forgotten that there's endurance that's needed, that while some things are at our fingertips at a moment's notice, we expect that to happen in all realms of our lives, don't we? And so we're like, I don't want to wait. Stuff that. Like, I want something and I want it now. So we hate waiting. But when it comes to not just starting but actually finishing, I think we need to go to the Word of God and actually see what it says. It's a good place to go, don't you think? Yes? Good. So we're going to pick up in Hebrews 12 this morning. And it says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, who by faith have testified to the truth of God's absolute faithfulness, stripping off every unnecessary weight and the sin which so easily and cleverly entangles us, let us run with endurance and active persistence, the race that is set before us, looking away from all that will distract us and focusing our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and the perfecter of faith. I'm going to stop there. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Have you ever stopped to think about that for a moment? This cloud of witnesses, these heroes of faith that we read about in the Bible. But as well as those people, people like you and me, up in heaven, form part of those cloud of witnesses. Being faithful, you know, these people that prayed and saw God moved, these people that we don't necessarily know their names, also there, cheering us on in our race. As I said, you know, life is a marathon, not a sprint. And marathons take a couple of things to make them attainable. There's a few areas that I see from this passage that I just read that I think we need to pay attention to. And I really love how the Bible and actually what happens in life is so intertwined and we can actually utilise it for our everyday lives. I think there's three things that jump out in this passage that we can take on. The first of all is discipline. Stripping off every unnecessary weight and the sin which so easily and cleverly entangles us. 
The second thing is this, persistence. Let us run the race with endurance and active persistence, the race that is set before us. And the third thing, focus. Looking away from all that distracts us and focusing our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of faith. Now, if we look at that first area, discipline, it's not really a word that we like to embrace. It takes discipline to do stuff. And we're like, can I just have the easy way? Like, it's far better just to do the easy way. But, but I believe that we look at it with such negative connotations that sometimes we throw the baby out with the bathwater with it and we go, discipline sounds hard, so I'm not going to do it. But actually, what if we changed our perspective about discipline? Not to that we have to, but we get to. A change in perspective, right? So discipline as a believer looks like what? Well, it looks like getting in the Word of God. The Word of God is our daily bread. It looks like prayer. You know, Jesus taught us how to pray, didn't he? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. I love what theologians say about that, that um, as you pull that apart, another way to say that is our God or our Father, in the air that I breathe, I stop And I acknowledge you in the air that we breathe, that God is there in everything. It looks like worship, corporate and private. Yes, coming together is important, but having moments of worship and disciplines of worship outside of coming together corporately is just as important. Gathering with others, that looks like church, groups, eating meals together, grabbing a coffee with someone. And another discipline, repentance of sin. All stuff that we're like, ugh, a bit at. Or is that just me? We've got to keep consistent with that stuff. What about persistence? Again, not really a word that we like to pick up and have as a badge of honour. Persistence. We live in a society that says if it's broke, throw it out and get a new one. It's hard. And we can be tempted to move away from things because there's discomfort that happens. But life without persistence is hollow. Because we're always looking for the next fix. But persistence can actually put something within us that isn't always comfortable But as we continue to persist, we can see the fruit of it. I have not ever run a marathon. I know, you're shocked. (laughs) But I believe that, and I've done some research, there's a time about just over the halfway mark that a lot of marathon runners have to endure. About 30 k's in, they say, and it's where fatigue and negativity kicks in. It's called hitting the wall. And the physical reason for this, my research tells me, is for the depletion of stored glycogen. So glycogen is a carbohydrate that is stored. Yes, you're going to have an education this morning. That's stored in our muscles and our liver for energy, right? So our bodies store about 1,800 to 2,000 calories worth of glycogen. And on average, 
average. For every kilometre run, 60 calories are actually used, right? So if we do the maths, for those maths heads out there, around the 30 kilometre mark, those glycogen stores are pretty depleted, right? And the body actually has to kick from using glycogen as its storage for energy into actually burning fat. Now, if there's one thing we know about our our bodies, it's that it doesn't like change. It likes doing things the way that it's comfortable in doing. And so it kicks back, right? And that's where these marathon runners find themselves hitting the wall because there's this pushback of fatigue and even negative mindset that happens that it's just easier if you give up. Come on, we hurt right now. Let's just stop. 30 kilometres is amazing. We've done enough. We don't need to go the next 12 and a bit Ks. Like, let's just give up now, right? Because the body has to go through this transformation of, of focusing off one thing, the glycogen, into actually going and utilising fat stores. I just wonder when it comes to our spiritual lives, where we might find ourselves in certain seasons hitting a different part, where actually it's drawing from something different from us, And that's when we feel like we're hitting a wall in our relationship with God. You know, we get to this point of our journey with him and I said it before, you know, we open the word and what once was alive feels like a bit of hard work. And so we're like, is it even worth reading the Bible anymore? Is it even worth praying anymore? Because there's some resistance and there's this, we have to shift into a different gear and we actually have to push through with some persistence and perseverance. And so we pull back from our spiritual disciplines and, you know, the areas of our lives don't look like the way that we'd hoped or wanted them to look. We can go looking to find what we've found in Jesus previously in other ways. And so we look to the world and go, well, maybe the world's got something to offer me and so we can get distracted by other things or maybe we go looking at drugs, alcohol, food, technology, sex, all counterfeits in an attempt to replace the only thing that God can fill in our lives with other things. And that's what the world tries to lure us, hey? Nah, you don't need a relationship with Jesus. But these fabrications are never going to be anything like what Jesus can do and be in our lives. We need to come back to the source of life, the lover of our souls, the creator of everything, our Lord and our God. Let's not grasp for a fabrication in the hope that it will make us feel better, let us persist back to Jesus. He's the only answer. And we've got to keep Jesus at the centre. In Matthew 11, 28, it says, Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. 
I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Come on, there's a whole heap of us in this room and online today. We've got to come back to Jesus. We've got to stop looking at the stuff to the left and the right of us to fill the hole in our lives that can only be filled by him. Persistence. There's so many examples in the Bible of people that persisted. You know, uh, Moses, and I spoke about him the last time that I got to preach. Moses didn't do things perfectly, but if anything, we could say he was a man who persisted. To have to deal with all those Israelites in the wilderness for 40 years, like, that guy needs a medal. But there's a whole heap of his journey that while he got to be used by God and his persistence helped bring the Israelites, he actually never got to enter the promised land. And I think it's really interesting. We're going to pick up in Deuteronomy 34. And it says, Then Moses went up to make Nebo, uh, Mount Nebo Lake from the plains of Moab and climbed Pisgah Peak, which is across from Jericho. And the Lord showed him the whole land, from Gilead as far as Dan, all the land of Naphtali, the land of Ephraim and Manasseh and the land of Judah, extending to the Mediterranean Sea, the Negev, the Jordan Valley with Jericho, the city of Palms as far as Zoar. Then the Lord said to Moses, this is the land I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob when I said, I will give it to your descendants. I have not allowed you to see it with your own eyes. I have allowed, now allowed you to see it with your own eyes, but you will not enter the land. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there on the land of Moab, just as the Lord had said. And the Lord buried him in a valley near Beth Perah in Moab. But to this day, no one knows the exact place. Moses was 120 years old when he died, yet his eyesight was clear and he was strong as ever. 120 years, 40 years, a third of his life spent walking around in the wilderness, carrying and birthing what it is that God had put in him to lead God's people out of Egypt. And God says, God took him and God buried him. Like, that's kind of cool. No one knew where he was buried because God buried him. But he got to see the promised land. Okay, he didn't get to enter it. And there's a whole reason for that. But he got to see it. He was a man with, with persistence. He knew what it was to persevere. What about focus? I touched on it before. Where are we focused? Is Jesus at the center of it all we do? What is it that we hunger and thirst for? Moses, while he made mistakes, was a man that ran after God. He consistently came to him for wisdom. He definitely didn't have it easy. Um, you know, if you have led any sort of people, uh, Moses had a whole heap of people that looked up to him to lead. Leadership is hard. But Moses kept coming back to God. He didn't get to enter the promised land, but he got to see it. And his successor, Joshua, got to lead the people 
into the promised land. You know, sometimes we try and discount our part of the story. We go, well, unless I get to go into the promised land, I don't want it. But what if we all paid our part in the story that God has for us, faithful in the bit that he gives us, so that future generations can do something that we haven't? That future generations can know what it is to have a relationship with Jesus? Because we've dealt with stuff. You know, I am a first-generation Christian. My auntie became a Christian just before me, a couple of years beforehand, but the reality of my family's story is that we are first-generation Christians. So my children and my children's children in time to come by will have an inheritance that looks different to what it would have been if I hadn't chosen to follow Christ. And so sometimes we look and we go, God, why do I have to go through this stuff? Or God, why does this have to happen to me? But what if we're dealing with stuff now here on earth so that future generations can have an inheritance that we could only dream of? Come on, in the world that we live, it's really easy to get sucked up in what the world says is is acceptable and what should happen. But what if God has asked us to be faithful, to have discipline, to have persistence, and to have focus on him so that future generations can reap the reward? I don't read in that passage of scripture that Moses felt bad that he didn't get to to enter the promised land because God let him see it. Now, the reality is when the Israelites entered the promised land, It was a milk flowing with milk and honey, as God had said. But there was some stuff that came up that they had to deal with too. But imagine if Moses hadn't been faithful. Just imagine for a second. If Moses hadn't fulfilled what God had asked him to do, how different that story would have looked. What about us? What if we don't do what God asks us to do? What if we start strong and then life happens and we give up? What if I never became a Christian? I would never have met Trent, which means that my boys would never be here because I met Trent at church. And there's a like-mindedness between us of faith, of serving God, of going on a journey together. What if we didn't step into the things of God because we allowed fear to hold us back? Come on, we don't all get it perfect and that's not what I'm saying today. We all have to journey through stuff. I'm where I am today because I've allowed God to work on me. I've allowed him to take me through stuff. I've had to work on myself If I'm truly honest, the last two to three years have probably been the toughest years of my life, personally. But I don't want to miss a second of what God's got for me. And I know deep down in every one of us, you don't want to miss a second either. And so what do we need to keep going? Discipline. Persistence. Focus. Proverbs 4 says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Avoid all perverse talk, 
Stay away from corrupt speech. Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lays before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path and don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. The first passage of scripture we read from was from Hebrews. And it said that Paul, it's, it, well, it doesn't say I, Paul, wrote this. It is assumed that Paul was actually the writer of Hebrews. So we've talked about an Old Testament example in Moses, but a New Testament example in Paul? Come on, Paul's first part of his life was about killing and, and causing hardship for Christians. He has one encounter with God, one encounter on the road to Damascus, on his way to bring trouble to the Christians, one encounter on a dusty road that changes his life forever. And now Paul is one of these legends of the Bible that did so much for the Christian faith in spreading the gospel. I don't know what brought you up to today. I don't know what your story looks like. I don't know what you're actually dealing with right now. But I know that there is a God in heaven that loves you far more than you could ever begin to believe. And we can start in our relationship with God, but let us be a people that keep on going through the highs and the lows of life, that we keep our focus and our attention in on Him. So what did those two heroes Moses, Paul, have in common. Each one of them kept their focus clear on the one. Everything that we do shouldn't be for the accolades of people. It should be the attention of our one and only God. And some of us do things that we think nobody else sees. You know what? God sees. Some of you are bent down next to your bed at night, praying and interceding and believing. God sees, God hears. Some of you go out and and are loving on people extravagantly and, and, you know, you can feel sometimes that you're like, I just don't get that same love back. God loves you. He sent his son for you. Do we need more than that? Do we? we truly take a moment and go, God, if you are who your word says you are, then yeah, you know, we're all going to have tough times. We're all going to have times we have to persevere. But it's going to be worth it because of him. Let's not be a people that just start and give up. Let's be a people that keep on going. I'm going to read a passage of scripture and really this is my prayer for you this morning as we wrap up now may the God of peace who brought you up from the dead our Lord Jesus the great shepherd of the sheep and ratified an eternal covenant with his blood may he equip you with all that you need for doing his will May he produce in you through the power of Jesus Christ every good thing that is pleasing to him. All glory to him forever and ever. Amen.
Thanks for listening through this message recorded live at Resound Church in Melbourne. You can find out more about who we are online, including service times and our live streams. Have a great week and we'll catch you next time.